Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another word-filled message by David Entry. Preaching is the means by which God manifests his word and nourishes our spirits. May the life of God enter into you and you as you listen to this message. Be blessed. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 14 to 17 and it reads, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learnt, and has been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learnt them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen. We're talking about the word of God. What are some of the names in the Bible for God's word? Oracles, precepts, the law, holy scriptures, the word of God, holy scriptures, the word of truth, the word of the Lord, the word of life, the word of grace, commandments. The Old Testament in Luke chapter 24, verse 44, is generally called the law. Okay. Law of Moses, the prophets, and the writings. Or sometimes the same as the Psalms. So these are the three main categories. Sometimes it's actually even called the book. So the book, sometimes you hear the phrase, the book of Isaiah. Luke chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. It was given to him, verse 17, it was given to him to read and he found... The book of the prophet Isaiah is actually referring to the Old Testament. So, these are some of the names. And then we, say, we said that scripture was given by inspiration. We spoke about false theories of inspiration, the mechanical theory of inspiration, the what? Natural theory of mechanical is like they were not of themselves. Something was causing their hands to write the scripture. No, that's not how the scripture was given. Number two, the what? The illumination theory is like you just thinking, oh, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Wow, I have to write it. No, that's not how they, they got the scriptures. The natural theory of inspiration. The nat- so illumination theory, the natural theory of inspiration is when somebody is just a genius. When they say things, it's like, Wow, where do you get all these things from? So due to their ingenuity, they started writing things that God said, this is good, it's going to be my word. And then what? The trans theory, where they move from from the natural realm into a certain realm and began to pick some things, began to transact some things that, wow, you can come in the natural to get it. It's like deep things, and then they started writing it. That is not how the scripture was given. Last two, partial theory. The partial theory is where they said, for instance, for instance, um, Joel chapter 1 verse 1 or Hosea chapter 1 verse 1. Joel chapter 1 verse 1, 
the word, the word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of... Let's look at Zechariah. All right, now look, look at this. Let's read that from the screen. Let's go. The word of the Lord came to... Prophet, saying... Look at the verse 2. Saying what? This is, this is not a good, a nice thing I thought to hear. All right. So, which one was said by the Lord? From the verse 1 and 2, which one was said by God? The, so, the word came saying, now look at the verse 2, that this is what the Lord said. So, now, the partial theory said, the verse 1 is not the word of, word of God. It's the verse 2 that is the word of God. That's why some people can make a mistake by saying that not everything in the, in the Bible is the word of God. That is a, a very bad platform for Satan. Everything, how many of scripture? How much of scripture? All scripture. So once it's in scripture, it's the word of God, including the things Satan said. So Satan came to Jesus and said, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, command that this stone, we read a few days ago, command that these stones be turned into bread. And then, you know, I didn't, I never thought about this till I was reading Matthew 4 in America. Mm-hmm. You see, the, the danger of Bible stories, mm-hmm. it, it, it blinds you from seeing the details and the actual truth. Because right. you've heard the story, so you read it with, I've read this thing for all my life, and this thing never occurred to me till Matthew chapter 4, verse 6, actually. Verse 5. This is what got my attention. Remember, when you look at verse 1, it said, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit. Where? To where? Where was he? Wilderness. But look at the verse 5. Then the devil taking you up into the holy city. So they left the wilderness. I never even never. They left the wilderness and went to the temple of the Pina. They went. I, I just, I don't know why. I thought all the temptation happened in the wilderness. I realized that, oh, they left the wilderness because took him to the holy city. And I realized that the other one, too, he took him to a high mountain. Yeah. Wow. So, to make it easier, you allegorize it. It's called allegorization of scripture. So, allegorization is a theological term, which means, like, Jesus made mud and put it on the eyes of the man. He said, go to the pool of Siloam and watch. To allegorize it, they will say it wasn't an actual saliva. It wasn't an actual saliva. So, because it's just the, the saliva, it's the word he spoke into the sun. The Bible said he made a spittle. Yes. Now, you are also saying that it wasn't, they will say that Adam and Eve, it wasn't like God opened Adam and Eve, Adam on the side and pulled out. It wasn't like because the ribs are okay. How do you know if God didn't make an extra rib? Then they say things like the God uh, first day take one day for the God to say let they take six days to create the no five days to create the earth six days to create man so but they said a day is maybe two thousand years when he was created that is allegorization of scripture the scripture didn't say that don't read into it even though it doesn't make natural sense to us let's leave it like that how can someone be in, in a uh, where, the belly of a whale or in a lion's den, the lion couldn't do anything to it. The lions, when they, the person was going, they were scared. They thought it was another lion. 
So they all ran away. See, that's Ale. They have to find a way. Peter walked on the water. He said it was hallucination. <laughs> so now Jesus was taken to the top of the mountain. They will say, no, he was so hungry, he was hallucinating. And so Satan took advantage of his trance and started showing him things. It was like a dream. Yeah, people say that. It's allegorization, and that is wrong interpretation of scripture. Don't allegorize the scripture and say Job was not sick. Job didn't lose all his sons. Don't allegorize and say that. It sounds mystical, but leave it the way it is, the scripture said. Now, coming back to what in Zechariah, the word of the Lord came, saying. So some people will say, the saying is what God said. Verse 2 is the word of God. Verse 1 is not the word of God. No. Everything is the word of God, including what Satan said in the Bible. If it is recorded, it is script, 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 scripture, inscribed, script. It has been, if it has been scripted in the book, then it is scripture. But where would God record what Satan said? In what way does does it change God? Why don't you want us to know about Satan and what he can say? God wants us to know about what Satan can say to people. God wants us to know about how somebody can say in their heart that I want to, I want to have something to do with that woman who is not my wife. The person is saying it in their heart like David. He was saying it in his heart. He planned it. Are you saying so? Or is that all from God? Yeah, that's, God didn't say he should do it. But the recording of that incident is God's word. Do you understand that? The recording is the truth and it is the word, it is the word of God. It's not just story. That's why I said the stories can distract you. It's not just the story about David. But it's the word. That's interesting. It's the word of God. Including when, when he says that, call her. The call and the hair. Because even the dot is the word of God. Hallelujah. So for Jesus to say, when you pray, say, our father. And you, sorry, self, confused person, mental health issues. <laughs> You say, change to say, our mother. See, see, so that's very important to understand. Now, so that's the um, partial first theory. That part of it is God's word. No, as I told you the other time, it's called Weber, it's Webum Day, the word of God, not the words of God. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 34 and 35, said, and the scripture cannot be. You know, he said, if, you, if, he, if he called them ghosts, to whom, the, not the words of God, this is very important, to whom the word of God came. The word of God is, is not come. It's not only one word. What the word, is, that, that's the word. You, you understand that? So when Jesus said, to whom the word of God came, he's not talking about to him, to whom one, one word came. No, to whom the entire message of God the message of God is called the word of God. All right, do you understand that? It's called the word of God. Jesus said, man must not live by bread alone, but by every word, not words. Because it's the word of God. Where, boom, day. Not where, ba, day. So all of it. And then the true method of inspiration is the plenary verbal, where it is Every word, what I've been saying, plenary means general. Every word is from God. Plenary verbal inspiration of. Now, if the scripture 
is inspired, it's important to understand this. You know, when we say it's inspired, that means it's infallible and in, in, inerrant. Some people think inerrant, they do it inherent. It's not inherency. Like inherent. No, it's error. In error. Inerrancy, inerrancy of scripture and infallibility of scripture. Infallibility means that it can not make a mistake. And inerrancy means it's without error. It looks like they are quite similar and the same. Inerrancy is it cannot make a mistake. So it is, watch this. So it is wholly trustworthy. Okay, I'll explain it. When they say the scripture is entirely, wholly trustworthy, means that anything it says, everything it says, you can rely on it. It is true and it is so. So when it says that man must not live by bread alone, it means that it's actually true man must not live by bread alone. It is actually true. When it says that when the snow comes down and does not return, it doesn't go back, void. Isaiah chapter 55. It means that when, okay, when it says snow comes down, it means that there's no way you see snow going up. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> snow flying up. <laughs> because the word of God is infallible. What it says, it's so. So whatever it says, it's actually the truth. Doesn't snow come down? So the word of God, whatever it says is true. And it is wholly trustworthy and authoritative. That word authoritative is very crucial and important. When it says authoritative, it says, Jesus put it this way. God said it in Genesis. Jesus said it in Matthew 19. Paul said it in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 32. Jesus said, Matthew 19. Verse 6. Therefore, so then, they shall know, verse 5, starting from verse 5, it says that, it said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. A man shall leave his father and his mother. That's an authoritative statement. So now I can tell you when you are getting married, leave your father. Leave your mother. The word of God said, that's how it happens. So no discussion, or oh, what if, what if. No, they said, that's what the word of God said. So that's it. Now, because the Bible is infallible, whatever it says is authoritative. Whether we understand, what we have to understand is not the why we have to do it. What we have to understand is what he's saying. If we, that's what he says, that all fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Yeah, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. Um, but fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. But I know my friend has been doing nothing is happening. The Bible said God will judge. Period. It's not for me to go and investigate people and the Bible says God will judge. Leave the person. The Bible says it. Let's leave it like that. God will judge. He said vengeance is mine. He want to fight back. He said vengeance. No, no. This one, I have to tell. Jesus said, Forgive if your enemy say no, 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 I can't forgive in this matter no. because it doesn't look fair, especially when it comes to husband and wife. Yeah. 
It's not fair. You don't understand. Listen, the, the Bible is authoritative. That is what determines your spirituality. Your ability to line up with what you know scripture said. Whether it's convenient or it's not convenient. You know scripture said it and that's what you do. It doesn't matter whether it's popular, who likes it, who doesn't like it. You will do it. That's what the scripture says. The Bible is authoritative. That means that when we say it, it's in, uh, infallible, it's authoritative. It doesn't make errors. When the Bible says that Christ is going to return, what does that mean? Christ is going to return. When the Bible says a virgin shall conceive, what means that? A virgin And did a virgin conceive? Yes. The Bible said it. It doesn't make me, the Bible doesn't make claims and make errors. Now, when we say so, then we say the Bible is infallible, that means that it does not make errors. It doesn't make mistakes. Now, when we say the Bible is inerrant, it doesn't err. But it means that Anything it has said, anything written inside is true. When the Bible says that the world is round, the globe is round, you know, previously scientists thought the globe was flat. Yeah. And according to Acts chapter, two, uh, chapter 7, verse 22, Moses was taught in the wisdom of the Egyptians. He was a mighty, well, so he was well educated. And at that time, Egypt was like America. Egypt was, uh, when you are trained in Egypt, with the technology of Egypt, you had the best, best scientific knowledge of the, those times. Moses had the best scientific knowledge of those times, and yet he didn't say the world was flat. Because if he was going to go, if Moses wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, then there are things that he would have said that would have been caught by or it would, have been, it would have been restricted by the scientific knowledge of the day, and later advanced ad, uh, 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 development, advanced uh, knowledge will show that no, Egypt was wrong those times. But more, in fact, before they realized that there are many stars in the world, the Bible has said it already. The Bible says God sits on the circles of the earth. As I said it, when people have not discovered that the earth was round, they thought the earth was flat. Bible has made claims and comments that reflect condensation, precipitation, and rainfall. Bible has made, before all these things were discovered by scientists, the Bible is inerrant. Now, when you read 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 11, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 11, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king. This is God talking. May God not regret to forgiving you a husband or forgiving you a wife. Or for giving you a good job. Yeah. Or for making you a church leader. Yeah. Hey! May God no regret. He said, God said, I greatly regret that I have said Saul as king. For he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandment. And it grieved Saul. And he cried out, Samuel, he cried out to the Lord all night. But look at the verse 29. 29. This is talking about God. 29. Okay, go to, go to 28 so that I can mix. So, so someone said to him, the Lord has turned the kingdom of Israel, the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to a neighbor of yours. Wow, that, may that not happen to you. Amen. That God was about to bring you some breakthrough but gave it to your church neighbor. Yeah. Ah! Who is better than you? Your neighbor is better than you. 
there is someone who God has who is better than you. But he still considered you. Yes. Yeah, that's a good place to say thank you, Lord. Look at the next verse. Verse 29 says that. And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor relent. Now, that strength of Israel, talking about God. God is the strength of Israel. He will not lie or repent. Relent. Repent. Ah, but give me King James. He will not lie nor repent. But Bible says that he repented God. About a few, 17 verses before, God has repented for making someone. And then later, the Bible says he will not repent. He doesn't repent. So then someone will say, the Bible contradicts itself. So, most of them like saying the Bible contradicts itself. Unbelievers say the Bible is an old book. Show us whatever, anything that the Bible has said, and it's, you can prove it wrong. Just whether it's archaeological statements, historic statements, historical statements, geographical statements, statements made about nations, about people, about geography, all that. And what is interesting is all the stories of the Bible are set within time and geography. So you, you other history books that are not even biblical uh, can confirm that Pontius Pilate lived at that same time the Bible said he lived. Every, everything the Bible has said can, it's, it's like you can time, it's, it's time bound. Whatever the Bible said, all the stories it says about people, you can trace it to a certain period of time. Like Jesus Christ. The existence of Jesus. Mary, you, no one can ever disprove the existence of Mary. Yeah. 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 You can't. Why can't you? Because it's true. Mary was there. John chapter 17, verse 17. He said, thy word is true. So, the point I'm making is that the you cannot find errors in the scripture. Pastor, so what we just read, what does it mean? Anytime you read something and it doesn't seem, or it seems incongruent, or it seems like it doesn't agree, it's just that you haven't seen the agreement. Yeah. It doesn't mean it doesn't agree. The fact that you have not found solution doesn't mean solution doesn't exist. Ah, yes. I don't know if you remember when you were in school, there have been times that the, the, the teacher will write a question on the board, an equation, say, solve it. Sometimes everybody say, Pastor, it's wrong. The question is wrong. The question, well, one person said, no, but, uh, uh, teacher has made a mistake. Teacher has made a mistake. The teacher has made, say, it's wrong. Say, it's wrong. And I think I had a, a story of somebody, teacher wrote a question on the screen and they gave the, about uh, 35 students time to solve the equation. And then he said, he'll be back. After 20 minutes, he came back. He asked them, who have been able to solve it? Nobody. They, 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 well, as soon as asked who has been able to solve it, they said, sir, sir, the question was wrong. The question was wrong. The question, everybody was saying. And then one guy said, no, sir, I've solved it. And he said, come and work it on the screen. And he did it. And so the question was not wrong. Is there understanding of the question that was wrong? Someone has solved what you said is wrong. Do, do, do you know, if we didn't have, if there were no highly trained scientists who were serious Christians, then you may think that Christianity is not scientific. Mm-hmm. Not the years of old. We have a lot of them in the year. Even now, in Oxford, in Cambridge, in Yale, 
in Princeton, in Harvard. They are top, 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 top academics who are strong Christians. So you can, and in fact, what is funny is, you're the dean of physics is the preacher and believe the scripture is true. You, a new student in physics, you are saying that it's for fools. <laughs> fools believe it. <laughs> and you're so convinced. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? The Bible doesn't contain errors. Genesis chapter 2. He said he made them male and female. Genesis chapter 2. <laughs> Created he them. Is it verse 6 or verse 5? He made them male and female. Hey, hey, listen, listen. The scripture is inerrant. Inerrant means it doesn't contain error. Infallible is it cannot make mistake. So what is con- the content inside is tight and is clean. Inerrant. And doesn't contradict. It speaks one. Infallible. Means that the things he's saying, he cannot make a mistake by saying the things he's saying. Whatever he's saying is so. Oh, Thessalonians, where he says that? It's 3 6, yeah. Second Thessalonians 3 6. That was a nice scripture. I don't know why he sent me that scripture. But he just, he just, Second Thessalonians 3 6, right? But we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which you have received from us. You have joined this church, and you can tell the others who say there is also in this church, but the way they are behaving is contrary to. He said, I command you to withdraw yourself. Don't say, but, but, but you know, it's not nice. You have to walk in love. The Bible says withdraw. <laughs> withdraw. Withdraw. <laughs> Romans 17, 16. That one too is there. He said, we urge you, brethren, not those who cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine you have learned. And avoid them. Block them on your phone. Block them. The Bible is infallible. He said block. What don't you understand by block? Avoid. Don't pick their cause. Or you never know. Maybe they will be in need and he wants me to pray for Don't worry about it. So the Bible is inerrant, the Bible is infallible, and then I think next time we go on to the, in, the witness, the proof, because we have internal witness that shows that the word of God, the Bible is the word of God. Because the Bible says, that's here is the Lord, that's here is the Lord. That's, it's been claiming that is the word of God. Jesus calls it the word of God. And then we also go to the prophecies, the miracles, the history, and the archaeological evidence of scripture that cannot be you can't compare it to any book you can't compare it to any book um next week i think i really have to mention that it has been a translation it has been translated for many uh, consistent transmission translated many 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 translations but they are so so consistent consistent god has preserved his word over the years, he has preserved it. And the same God will preserve your life. Amen. He will preserve your future. Amen. He will preserve our church. Amen. He will preserve your pastor from the wolves. Amen. 
And he'll preserve you from infiltration. He'll preserve your health. He'll preserve your marriage. He'll preserve your finances. And he'll preserve your family life. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.